Grab your Bible. Let's look at it. I don't know if my PowerPoint's working. You think it's, is it? Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Hey, hey. Will the video work? Yeah, try the video while they're saying hi to each other, whatever they're doing. Five letters, two syllables, can be understood in every language around the world. Jesus. Say it with me. Jesus. That's the focus of this year's week of prayer. Come on, I'm going to encourage you as churches, as followers of Christ, turn away. Turn away from all of the news. Turn away from the pandemic talk. Turn away from politics and turn your attention to a five-letter, two-syllable name that can change the direction of your life. Jesus. Delighted to be joined by uh, the author of the book, Awesome, and the founder of Every Home for Christ, Dick Eastman. Dick, why is it important to start a year out focusing on Jesus? Well, you know, what immediately comes to mind to me is a familiar verse of Scripture, Psalm 4610, and be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. And uh, when I came across the paraphrase of this in the Message Bible, it's very interesting. Uh, I think it's a challenge for us these days. It says, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. And the, the, the author of the paraphrase, it was so interesting to me that he, had to, he, he wanted to get politics in there because there's so much attention in the church drawn that way. And I think it's time we step out of the traffic and just take a long, hard, loving look at who Jesus really is. Join us this week as we explore the nature of Jesus. Beautiful. And every week you have a different name of Jesus and you can concentrate that in your prayer time and your daily devotions with the Lord. I hope you take advantage of that. Chrissy, thank you for putting that together for me. Thank you, media team, for putting that video together. I thank God for our leadership and uh, Pastor Doug, as well as Oak Grove. Prayer is the focus. We are a praying fellowship. We were birthed in prayer. I said it was the Pentecostal prayer meeting that got us where we are today. Amen? And we can't forget that. So at Oak Grove, prayer is not an option. It's a new start. It's a fresh beginning. We're not trying to condemn or, you know, condone. We're just trying to say, this is a priority, prayer. There are five things we build Oak Grove on with the Lord's Holy Spirit help and the Word of God. Prayer, evangelism, discipleship, worship, and missions. And prayer is number one. It's a reason it's number one. Because what we get done, how many know when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. And so we want to start there and uh, talk to you a few, few minutes. Let's see, it's only 1030. If I get done at 1130, Man, that's a whole hour I get to preach. And you get to have fun. So so every year I begin preaching uh, the most urgent need in the church, I believe, is when the people of God begin to focus on prayer. That's what I think. And so we always need fresh insight into the awesome power of prayer, the necessity of prayer. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to see God unleash the church in 2022. If we took the potential in just in this room, just a few of us today, and those online, I mean, no, we can shake the nations. People understood the power 
and the potential of prayer, we can do great things and see God do great things. So we can touch the world for God before he comes. And the only way is, is, is to learn to call on God one more time. James was a man of prayer. We're going to look at James chapter 5. You would, chapter 5 or 16, small portion of scripture. We already spoke and said together the Lord's Prayer, uh, which, which I want to take what Jesus modeled for us and, uh, and just use it as an example. What was he trying to do? He was on earth trying to do the will of the Father who was in heaven. So when he prayed, he communicated with the Father. Lord, thy kingdom come. I want your will to be done on earth as it is already established and secured in heaven. How many believe that God already secured things in the heavenlies? He's not shocked. He's not surprised. You can even get another variant come along. He's not shocked and he's not surprised. You can get a thousand more variants. How many know he's not shocked and he's not surprised? God is still God. He's doing his thing on the earth. But prayer is, is something we have access to God to, to say, God, let your will, your kingdom power be established on earth as it already is in heaven. It's, it's possible. And I think the church, sometimes the church in general forgets it. But James was a man of prayer. He was, uh, well, superintendent, if you please, of the Assemblies of God Church in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. <laughs> he was the leader of the church, James, half-brother of Jesus. I'm not going to die up here. If I sound like I'm dying, it's all right. I always wanted to die in the pulpit, so it doesn't matter. But James was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, and he is, uh, he is a man of prayer. He got his nickname, Old Camel Knees. They called him Old Camel Knees. Because he was always in prayer, always on his knees. And his knees got so hard and calloused that they looked like camels. How many of you ever saw a knee of a camel? Big old knot, hard camel's knees, hot desert sun that they kneel on. And he was praying for the Jews. God, forgive the Jews, forgive the Jews. Because they had a hard time allowing the Gentiles to come in. Uh, politics got in the way. You heard it. Dick Eastman said, God, help us to, to get away from the traffic and of politics and all that's gone on and focus on you this year. Let's call on God. How many know that's access? Amen? Jesus is our ticket. And so James was a man of prayer. He earned it. Old camel knees in the temple all the time praying and asking God to help heal and forgive. He spent so much time that, that he became uh, camel knees. And he believed and lived what he wrote about in chapter 5. He talks about praying for the sick. Uh, talked about prayer in fourth chapter, in the first chapter. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. So he's a man of prayer. In verse 15, he talks about the strength of prayer, the prayer of faith, right? And uh, that's the power of prayer. The faith is, is what gives strength and power and effectiveness to us. And James 1, 6, let him ask in faith without doubting. For a man doubts in prayer. He's like, he's like uh, the waves just tossed to and fro. He's just, he's uh, t- double-minded in all of his ways. He's just, he's just if, you know, if and maybe and hope. I mean, when you pray, you can get answers from the Lord. Does anybody believe that today? And I believe the church for so long, and the longer you go without answers, the more you begin to doubt. Well, I've asked and nothing happened, so evidently God doesn't really care about me. And Satan jumps in. Jumps in, tries to tell you, Satan really doesn't care for you. God's not good to you. All of those things that hinder us in our prayer. 
So we want to look at this pretty intently, James chapter 5, and, uh, and see if we can talk about prevailing prayer. God always triumphs. He always answers. I want you to catch this. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man. There's some, there's conditions there of a believer, right? Can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and it can have tremendous power. That's the text. I want to dive in and talk to you about travailing prayer. Prayer that doesn't give up. Prayer that, that, that wins the day. I, I want to pray until something happens. Amen. I'm not going to give up. 2022, you might have a prayer starting the year, but how many know if it doesn't get answered? How many know you can be in the heavenlies? You can be in heaven. And the answer could come. We've been praying for revival at Oak Grove since 20 years ago. Long before that, you have been praying for revival. I'm talking about whatever that looks like in the name of the Lord. Revival. It means souls saved, people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit, growing in the Spirit, growing the church, growing the saints, right? Reaching the lost, giving to the world uh, the, the, the cause of Christ, the message of gospel. All of those things can happen. That's what I call revival. However it looks, it's more than just somebody laying hands on you and you pass out in the spirit. I mean, oh, revival is more than that. And prayer is more than us asking God to meet our needs. It's not like a wish list. He said, I will meet your needs, not all your wants. So we have to learn how to balance out prayer. What is God talking about in fervent prayer? So James says, hey, don't don't doubt. Got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews said. And then Hudson Taylor, one of my favorite biographies of a missionary, Hudson Taylor, who went to China on a ship. On the way, he heard a knock on his door in his cabin. It was the captain. Captain said, Mr. Taylor. We have found uh, that there's no wind, and we're drifting to an island that's filled with cannibals. Cannibals. Not a good sight. I know y'all are listening. What can I do, Mr. Taylor asked. The captain said, well, I understand that you're a man of prayer. and believe in God. Please pray for the wind to start blowing and so that we can get out of here. And so Mr. Taylor said, all right, Captain, I will, but you must set the sail. Set the sail. I'll go to prayer. You set the sail. I mean, oh, that's faith. And the captain said, well, hey, it's crazy. There's not even a breeze out there. The sailors would think I'm crazy. But the captain agreed. 45 minutes later, he found Taylor in his room on his knees. He said, Mr. Taylor, you can stop praying now. We've got more wind than we know what to do with. I mean, no, God answers prayer. Prevailing, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much and so people say all the time nothing happens when i pray and i want you to i want to help you to know that you can come to know firm results through your praying say pastor how well i'm looking right at the text it's not a magic formula uh it's not a pattern or guarantee because god is much more wiser than us so you have to be patient we have a, a lot of lack of understanding i know this uh, but but here's something else I know. I don't think that God is up there trying to leave us in tough places. So um, I'll just have you suffer a little while. Then I will show up and do something good for you. That's not God. God's not trying to put you in a jam and, and make things hard for you and 
have you suffer until he feels like helping you. But there is this distance between we're on this planet and he's in the heavenlies. And there is one in the, in the uh, second heavens who is trying to hinder our prayers. We know that from Daniel, don't we? Daniel prayed. And then the angel Gabriel, uh, uh, Michael, Archangel Michael came and was wrestling with the opposition, hindering the prayers of Daniel. But he kept on praying. And how many know God answers prevailing prayer? He does. I said, yes, he does. So God knows better than us. And there are times when our prayers do not seem to be answered. I said, doesn't seem to be answered. Right? And there are times when we pray and we, uh, there's a delay. We don't know why, but we know there's a delay. And then later on it comes. And then there are times when we pray and just like that, I mean, right away, you can it's, it's you say, God, why can't it always be that way? I mean, I wish it was always that way. But he's not, he's not like a, it's not like a machine. You put in a coin and you get results right away. It's not how God is. He's not to be manipulated. I mean, no, that's not faith in prayer. He's not a genie. You rub the lamp and then there he comes and what are your wishes, my command. I mean, no, he is the potter. We are the clay. We got to put this thing in perspective and understand some principles. And over the years I've prayed and asked the Lord to give some principles. Uh, I can tell you this, though. He is the man on the inside. <laughs> there is a pattern for prayer. If you ever walk into the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the very first thing you see... um before the altar of incense is is a brazen altar where things died. They killed, they sacrificed, right? And fire was on the altar and they burned that. And uh, then you go to the next altar is the altar of incense and that's the altar of prayer. And the fire that was on the altar of incense came from the altar of sacrifice. Are y'all with me? And, and whenever uh, uh, the boys... Uh, Aaron's boys got strange fire. They took fire from somewhere else. How many know there's a pattern in praying God's way? You can't have strange fire. It has to come from something that died. Something has to be sacrificed. There's a sacrifice to prayer. It's not about you. How many know answers to prayer is not about me and you? It's about Jesus and what he did for me and you to have access to God. So the altar, get those altars in the right spot, right? the altar of sacrifice, then the altar of incense. And the prayers of the saints go up into the nostrils of God. So like God anticipates it. But the foundation is the the brazen altar. Are y'all with me? It's important because because you can go, (laughs) you can go to the altar, the brazen altar, and bring your sacrifice. But you can't go to the altar of incense. Somebody else has to go to the altar of incense for you. Aaron, the high priest. I don't think, let me just explain it like this. The high priest was in the tabernacle taking the sacrifice and burning it on the fire of of the altar of incense, and that would go into the presence of the Lord. But the priest, the man on the inside, the Israelites were on the outside. I wish somebody helped me teach this this morning. You and I are on the outside. How many know Jesus is the man on the inside? If you want access to God, you got to go through Jesus. He had the last sacrifice, the final sacrifice, the one and the only, and he brings our petitions to the Lord. And it's a sweet smell. The aroma and the atmosphere goes up before God because it's been to that altar offered with that fire. Fire is what changes your prayer life. 
I've seen a lot of people change their prayer when they get in the fire. When they get in the fire. Fire will change your life quickly. Jesus is the soul of our praying. He is he is the center of our praying. He's on the inside. Now, we we believe that that uh, it's in Jesus' name, right? We have Jesus. Uh, and we ha- he created us with an innate capacity to boldly approach the throne of grace where he is seated. But without him making that sacrifice, we have no access to God. I want to show you that picture because many people approach the Lord and they don't understand that uh, not every old Joe Blow goes into the presence of the Lord. I mean, it has to have a man on the inside. There has to be a Jesus intervening, interceding. And that's what the Bible says right now. He is at the right hand of the Father, forever interceding for you and for me. That's where he's at because he paid the price. So prayer is, is changing us more than changing things. I know prayer changes things, but the first thing it changes is us. You got to get the right perspective of prayer, the right position, the right pattern, right? And so James is going to help us here. It's not laborious. It's not fleshly driven. It's our acknowledgement that God is good. Amen? God is good. And when we get in his presence, in his name, mighty things can happen. And so it's prevailing prayer. He teaches us how to pray. The power of prayer is through faith. The pattern is through effectual, uh, effectual fervent prayer. Two words that mean the same thing. Let's look at it. Power of prayer is through faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For one, they must come to God, right? And believe that he exists and that Jesus is the man on the inside. You don't have the, how many know there's a fourth man in the fire? When you're in the fire, how many know he will show up? He will show up. But he's the person on the inside. He's the one that gave you access. He will always come through if you pray in faith in Jesus' name. The pattern is to pray for his will. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy word is ever established in heaven. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. And so he says that there's a couple of things. Prevailing prayer means that it's effectual, it's effective, and it's fervent. There's a way that we pray that gets God's attention. It's, It's not some flippant attitude. It's not some arrogant approach. When we come to God, we are saying, we're, we're saying, Lord, you're my only source. I'm not going to come to you and hope it happens. And, and if it doesn't, I'm going to go on my way and if, I'll go here and I'll go there until I get my need met. How I many know the Lord is our only hope? He's the only man on the inside. There's nobody else who could. If Aaron didn't do it, if Aaron died, they had to get another high priest. But is anybody here glad to know that Jesus is the last high priest and he's not dead? He's very much alive. He's alive and he's making intercession for you. You have access to God in the name of Jesus. That's the whole point here. Prevailing prayer then talks about how we can get, you know, we can get results. No magic formula. Just saying, Lord, I'm in a tough place. I need you to show up. He knows better than us. The issue is not how soon a prayer is answered, but that the prayer is answered. It means, it means to display one's activity or to put forth power and activity. You have to have some energy. I was brought up in a church that was just, uh, lethargic. Uh, it's, it's religious. 
I mean, you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Around the circle you go. You can pray it a thousand times. And, and you stand on the corner. Jesus said, don't pray like the hypocrites. Stand on the corner in long robes. Speak out loud for everybody can hear you. How I many know when you pray, you're not to be seen? He's to be seen. Doesn't matter about me. It's not in my strength. It's in the strength of the Lord. He is the power. So our faith is in God through Jesus. So he's actually teaching us how to pray, the pattern of prayer. Displaying one's activity. Simply put, we pray in faith, and then we put legs on it for God's glory and purpose, for his will to be done on on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody with me so far? Let's keep going a little further and let you go home. The person who's praying, we'll get back to that other in a minute pattern, but, but the power and the pattern and the person, it can't just be any old person. You have to be washed in the blood. You have to be a believer. The only prayer the Lord's going to answer for an unbeliever is the prayer of forgiveness, salvation. You have to come to Jesus. There's a lot of people that think they can take advantage of the, of the Lord without knowing the Lord. You have to have a relationship with the Lord. I said, how many know you have to come to him and believe that he is? And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You have to put your faith in Jesus. He's your anchor for your soul. Amen. You got to put your faith in the word of God. Can't just come around and show up. And I've had people come to me. I remember a Wednesday night many years ago, I was teaching and a guy come in right after service. Service was over. He comes through the middle door. I was in the middle shaking hands and said, here's my marriage license. My wife and I want to be married. Marry me right now. I said, who are you and what train did you just fall off of? No hobo religion here. Come on now. I don't know him. But he said, aren't you uh, legally responsible to marry me? I said, I'm not responsible to do anything. How many of you, when your children call, you know their cry? That's the fervency. That's the expectancy. That's, That's the effectiveness. When God sees that something's bothering you, you get his attention. As a baby can hear, a mother can hear a baby's cry. Right? It's not some genie or obligation or you owe me. I don't owe you nothing. And God doesn't owe us anything. Is anybody getting this? God doesn't owe you anything. There's a proper (laughs) protocol, if you please, to coming and getting answers to prayer. You come in Jesus' name. There's authority. There's authority. There's an attitude. There's all kinds of things that go into this. The issue is not how soon it's answered, but that it is. God answers prayer. Can you say amen to that? That's really what I want you to get. Prevailing prayer, a prayer that wins the day, governs the day. It it is prayer that is effective, fervent. When you pray, uh, and then in the meantime, or the lean time, whatever you're going through, you know where you stand while the prayer is finding its way to break through. How many know the prayer will break through? That's what you got to believe. God answers prayer. I said God answers prayer. And breakthrough from heaven to earth happens just as the analogy of a seed. Uh, um, when uh, the Holy Spirit put the seed in Mary, nine months later, how many know a baby came out? So, So in that nine-month period, that's where we have a trouble, waiting and believing. In pregnancy, though, the seed grows. 
right? And the baby becomes uncomfortable. The baby is in the womb, nine months. Uh, about the third trimester, gets very uncomfortable, gets squeezed into a very tight spot, comes out with a cone head. All of you had one. All of you had one. Very uncomfortable. And the baby thinks it's actually dying. And the father or whoever cuts the umbilical cord, and the baby thinks it's dead. But it's not dying at all because death is not the cessation of life. Death is separation. And the baby who loves swimming and eating and loving and just playing all day for nine months, all of a sudden something changed. But the baby realizes that in the mother's arms, it's greater dimension than he was in the comfortable place he was in. So that seed grows. It grows. And that's what, and that's what prayer is kind of like that. Delivery will come. And it's discomfort for us when we send the prayer, not to see the delivery yet. But in birth, the woman travails, travailing, prevailing prayer. Can't be prevailing without travailing. Effective and fervent, passionate praying. Not just casual, lackadaisical, I hope, I maybe, you will, you know. Well, maybe I'll just join, join the Buddhists and go light a candle to Buddha. Maybe, well, Buddha didn't answer, so let me go try Jesus. Jesus didn't answer. Let me go try Hindu. Let me go try uh, transcendental meditation. Oh, are some of y'all doing that right now? It's passion. Can I just say, I hope and pray in 22, your passion, that your prayers get passionate, that you mean business. Father, I'm coming to you. You're the only one. You're my only source. You're Jehovah Jireh. See that? God, if you don't answer, it's no other way. You're the only way. You don't have to get loud like I do, but you can be, how I many of you can be passionate, not loud? You don't have to be seen by anybody and wear long robes and tell everybody, but you can mean business with God. He loves that. It breaks through from his world to the new dimension in our world. It pushes through. It breaks through into this world from another world. That's what prayer is, saying, Father, your kingdom and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen to it. Your kingdom, your will, Lord. What you want to take place down here. Not what I want to take place. Remember Jesus in the garden? Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, you, you what you want. And since that's what you want, that's what I'm going to do. And I settle it. And I'm passionate about it. And even though it kills me, I'm going to do it for you. You know, you don't answer the way I maybe prayed. I know it's for your glory, for your purpose. You see this? So your rule, what you by your strong hand can do, your rule and your kingdom, your way. I just got to tell you, folks, on earth, our prayers are self-centered many times. Say amen or oh me. Our prayers are self-centered. In fact, the biggest altar calls I get is when I call for people to have healing. Heal me, heal me, heal me, bless me, bless me, bless me, give me, give me, give me. You never hardly see a big altar call when it comes to intercession, praying for somebody else. I'm just telling you, breaking into this world as it already is in heaven, your will is safe and secured in heaven. It's in the heavenlies. It's already. It's a way of saying the things that God answers, our prayers are, are things that already are in his mind. It's already in his mind, folks. You don't have to 
second guess. He's just waiting for breakthrough. He anticipates it before we even ask. Scripture says that. The Father knows what you need before you even ask it. It it doesn't mean that the answer suddenly appears before your eyes, before you even pray. It's not what it means. It means he already knows what you need before you even need it. Consider the lilies of the field, right? The birds of the air. They don't toss and toil and struggle. and They just know the Father loves them. How many believe he loves you? He's going to take care of you. Amen? The answer is already there. The answer is already there. Are y'all hearing me? The answer is on the way to entering here. It's already there. Boy, if you got that concept right there, you can really travail and prevail. But you can't travail, you can't prevail until you first travail. The answer is not how soon it comes, but it does indeed break through. Amen. God's time and God's way. What is travailing? You must travail before you prevail. Praying God's will. Be done on earth as it is already done in heaven, waiting for the breakthrough. That's what prayer is. Look at this. Luke 18, 9 through 14, the parable of the Pharisee and the collector, tax collector. To some, Jesus said, who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Pharisees. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. God, I thank you that I'm not like them other people. That's what it says. I'm so holy, God. I'm so glad I'm not a robber, an evildoer, an adulterer, or even like this ugly tax collector. I'm your man. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. I'm glad I'm not like those losers. But the tax collector stood at the distance, and he would not even look up to heaven but beat his chest said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, Jesus said, rather than the other, went home justified before God. He went home righteous. Justified is righteous. Righteous is justified. He was sincere. He called on God with a sincere heart, and he went home justified. Somebody ought to shout to the Lord. That's real justification. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You can't come in with arrogance and pride, telling God what he's going to do and when he's going to do it. And if you don't do it between now and next week, I'm not going to pray anymore. Well, you don't know the art of praying. You have no clue. Prayer matters. Come on, how many believe prayer matters? Prayer matters. It matters to God. It matters to us. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's not what we do. It's what he did. So we're really into this. It's not some, well, maybe God will act, maybe he won't. We're coming, calling on him with fervency. It's not a measure of faith. Fervency is not a measure of faith. It's a readiness of heart. Lord, I'm, I'm ready. I know you're willing. Remember when the guy said, or said, uh, uh, you know, Lord, heal me if you can. And the Lord said, I can. Are you willing to let me? It's already, how many know the Lord can heal? Pastor Wise and everybody healed. I mean, no, we do live in a fallen world. Doesn't mean we stop praying because we're living in a fallen world. Wasn't Noah living in a fallen world? Didn't God have grace on Noah when everybody around him was wicked? But he found favor. He found favor. There was a place inside the ark because there was a man on the inside. 
You understand? Not Noah. Jesus. Jesus. He is the ark. He is the ark. So it's all wrapped up, tangled up, tied up to Jesus. Noah and his family. The whole known world died, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See that? So yes, there's sin all around us. It didn't stop God from answering prayer. Are you seeing that? That's called prevailing prayer. 120 years, actually. 120 years, actually. How long are you willing to wait? And so God answers prayer. It's involved, it involves call, calling on the Lord. Not trying to twist God's arm as though he needs our encouragement to care about us. Does here, anybody here believe God already cares about you? You don't have to twist God's arm. You don't have to manipulate him. You don't have to say, if you get me through this one, I will serve you the rest of my life. If you'll give me this next check, I'll pay tithe forevermore. As if God's economy is bankrupt. Can I tell you God's economy and America's economy economy are two different things? Somebody needs to shout amen for that one. Heaven's not bankrupt. God's not twiddling his thumbs wondering about the last days. He created and spoke the first day and the last day. It's already established. It's already established. I said, we win the day. That's why Cheryl Christman can go into the heavenlies without getting a healing here because she got her healing there. The will of the Lord be done. The last thing Cheryl and I talked about, she said, Pastor, I understand now. The will of the Lord be done. The will of the Lord be done. Like the story of a lady. Early on, she prayed her baby would be healed and not die. And she felt like the Lord granted her wish, her prayer, whatever you want to call it. Later on, that baby grew up and was a God-hater, denied God, didn't even believe that God existed, died and took her own life. What's better? The will of God or the prayers of men? You're going to push God around? You're going to manipulate, force God to do whatever you want him to do? How many know it may not be what the best thing is? How many trust your parents? Uh, That's the problem. When I was young and when I was a child, I believed like a child. I acted like a child. I behaved like a child. I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. And I thought dad was out of his mind. He don't know anything. Because I'm not 18. And I think I know everything. Indispensable and young. Smarter than my parents. But when I became. (laughs) Y'all remember what David said? I was young and now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor God's seed begging bread. You don't have to beg God. You have to trust God. Trust him. Even when you don't understand. Even when it's dark and you can't see the answer. It's not on the way. The answer is still on the way. Got to call on him. Bear itself before him. Bear yourself before him. Lord, you are a primary source for me. The ultimate source. I come to you earnestly, sincerely. I come to you continuously. You're the one I call on. I have no other place to go. It's not going to be, I'll pray about it, then I'll go on and figure it out. It's not like that. And those who say God helps those who help themselves. How many know that's not in the Bible? You can't help yourself. How many know you need the Lord? 
It's heaven or bust. There's no one like him. He is our source. He's our only hope. He's our only help. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is enough. He is creator, almighty, Lord of the universe, and he can meet your need. That's our God. No reason to fret, be frantic or panic. And that calling, that passion, the fervency is what is wrapped up in prevailing. And then it says of a righteous man, of a righteous man. It doesn't mean I come because of my own achievements or godliness. I have a man on the inside. My righteousness is wrapped up in Jesus. Not my own achievements. It's not because I'm living holier than Joe that I get preferential treatment from God. There's no God. That's not our God. Our God has no respecter of persons. You saw it with the tax collector and the sinner. The sinner and the the Pharisee. Some think they get answers because they are holy. No. No. The Pharisees were deemed holy and righteous in their culture. And Jesus said, hey, hey, look at that guy. He's deemed holy and righteous, and he thinks he can get whatever he wants. And look at that guy. He's, he's pounding his chest and saying, God, forgive me. Give me your mercy. I don't, you don't, I don't deserve anything. It's kind of like the thief on the cross. Remember that guy? I mean, oh, he made it to heaven. You know, some churches might not have let him in the door, but he made it to heaven. Hmm. So, it's not by your much praying that you get answers. They were, they were contrasted. Jesus said, no, no, no. The man comes with sincerity, beating his chest, saying, have mercy on me. That's the one that's justified. Right? So, it has to do with what Jesus did to make me uh, able to come to him. And when I come in his name, there's a ready acceptance in my heart. Fervency. I'm ready because of him, not me. He gave me access to the cross, not because of my achievements, but because of what he did. Amen? So so the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or who comes through Christ, that and praying fervently, that avails much, James says, that avails much. It's King James' way of saying it has got a lot of merit and value to it. That's valuable. That kind of praying will get you some answers when God's ready, in his time, in his will, in his way. According to his word. So that you, so, so you see, there's a responsibility for us to pray. There are conditions for us when we pray. There's a pattern of access to God. Right? Remember, um, when, uh, King Artaxerxes, remember? And, and the young lady, um, help me out here. Esther. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Too much NyQuil, folks. Esther. <laughs> Esther couldn't just come into king's presence without without having the king say. There's protocol. Death was the was the was the order of the day if you came in without access. Death. But she took a chance. Maybe you'd have mercy. Just like this sinner. See that? That's why the first prayer you'll be answered by God to the sinner is a prayer of repentance. Yes, he'll answer your prayer. The first one will be the prayer of repentance because that's access. Now, once you're in, now you've got to understand prayer, faith grows, and you understand how to accomplish what God's will. It counts for a lot, not because we chalk up points with God, but because it, it begins to release God's way and our way having a line to it. And the same if you take a key and it opens the only lock 
One key, one lock. You understand that? Somebody help me here. Jesus is the key to your answered prayer. Hallelujah. The same if you, if you, if you want keys to answers to your prayers, you need passion and fervency, obedience to Christ, believing that he is, uh, he is able, effective praying, uh, answers that waits to break through, right? By faith in his time and his ways and his will. I come saying, Lord, I know you are on my side. I know you are for me. I know you're for me. And I'm praying because I believe prayer matters. You are for me. To prevail means to rise above. Well, I don't have time to get into it. Maybe I do. Do I have time to go one more? Faith, prevailing prayer means to rise, prevail, rise. So you remember when Moses, when Noah was, wrath of God was coming? And it, and it did. That word prevail. The waters prevailed. Go back and read it. The waters prevailed. They rose up. Not not just uh, from the rain coming down, but the waters came up. The waters came up. The waters prevailed. They rose up. It's that same word that when you're praying to God in Jesus' name, your prayers are rising up. You're going to another dimension. You're meeting the heavenlies. You're going through. You're praying through. God, your will be done here as it is there. It's a serious praying. It's a serious uh, fervency, passion. Kind of like the games that are going on in the tournament of the bracket of the, uh, I think the, I think Alabama's going to the championship game. Woohoo! I wish it could be LSU, but I'm happy for y'all. But there's a bracket. They fought and they struggled and they beat everybody because the SEC beats everybody. Y'all don't get that. It's all right. They fought until they prevailed. They rose up. And now, now it's Alabama and Georgia again. In the final one, they rose up. They prevailed. They kept on going. They didn't give up. Not perfect. They just kept praying. To win the day is to not give up, but pray until it's over and God's will is done. That is that superiority. It's, it's the strength and, and superior capacity of God's will. It rises up. Are you hearing me? It's not in us. It's through Christ and what he's done. He works, he works to penetrate through and he would and he will, but he's got to penetrate through this world and all the circumstances as his kingdom comes. As his kingdom comes. Right? Ephesians 6 says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? Why? Because it's a warfare. You got to break through. You got to pray. Persistence. Not giving up. Asking with passion, fervency, sincerity of heart. And so in the evil day, there's coming an evil day. I don't know if you know that. There's a time of struggle that's coming. And the time that we confront what kills, steals, and destroys. But you got to be able to be filled with the power of God so that you can stand. The word prevail is found all over the Bible, like I just told you in Genesis 7. Noah. Noah, the waters prevailed. What caused the judgment of the rising waters on earth was a result of human failures and sin. It was sin. And even though sin caused it, God still broke through. Are you hearing me? Even though sin caused it, sin caused the wrath of God, God's will still broke through. He found, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. 
I got, you got to see that. The fall of man, fall of nature, things happen, sickness happens, brokenness happens. And, and the works of darkness come against us. Satan wants to pull the rug out from underneath you and your family. This year, Satan wants to pull the rug of your health right out from underneath you. Or your mind. Make you fear everything and lose your faith. In this situation, we all know God prepared a place and Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Can I just tell you, old girl, I don't care how dark it gets out there. You can still find grace in the presence of the Lord. In the ark of Jesus. Hallelujah. A-R-K, ark. Accepting revelation knowledge. Yes, if you get this word today, if you understand that Jesus is the ark, you will be able to prevail. Press right on through. And you'll know, you, you know, the place was secured in heaven. They never escaped the fact that it still happened on earth, but they survived it. They survived it. They survived the wrath of God because they had a place established in heaven. You see that? They prevailed. They won't, they won the day as the waters prevailed exceedingly. There was a greater prevailing by the reason the place that was found by the provision of God's grace. This is it. It's God's provision. And it's in prayer. Remember Hannah? Hannah wanted a baby so bad. To not have a baby was awful in that culture. She wanted a baby so bad, but she couldn't. Barrenness. It's a picture of life breaking in when lifeless and uh, life feels barren and we're filled with grief. And when it happens... She breaks into song. Listen to her song, verse 9 of 1 Samuel 2, 9. For by strength shall no human being prevail. For by strength shall no human being prevail. In other words, Hannah knew that she didn't get a baby by her own power, but by the awesome grace of God. Amen? If you get a healing, if you get a miracle, if you get anything, any good and perfect thing you get, how many know it comes from the Father? Nothing you and I do. But in the midst of a wicked generation, we can have faith. It's God's mercy to me, not my doing. Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Prevail. Satan will not prevail. Why? Because Jesus said, I will. And when Jesus says, I will, how many know it's going to be done? No weapon formed against you and me is going to prosper. Nothing. That's worth shouting about right there. The gates, the gates, the center of opposition, the stronghold, if you please, will not prevail against it. You can ask what you will, and it shall be done. Pray in the will of God, in the name of Jesus. Without faith, uh, without faith, it's impossible. No doubt, right? Heaven's not... Reluctant to move on your behalf. God is seeking to grow us into effective prayer agents for his kingdom. Revelation 5, 5, the lion in the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the scroll and reverse the curse and release the blessing. John the Revelator looking, he's, saying, he's weeping. He's saying, I found, I looked around, I couldn't find anyone to open up the seal. And the angel said, hey, here he is. 
the Lamb of God, Jesus, is the only one able to open the seal. He prevailed. I mean, no, Jesus overcame this world, and so can you. Through prevailing prayer. Woo, I want to build a church that knows how to pray. I want to build a church that knows how to get a hold of God and pray through. The old prayer warriors of the church, they used to come to the altar. You could turn the lights out. They'll still be at the altar. They weren't going to leave till God came down. Look at Jacob's prayer. He wrestled with God until he won the day. Hallelujah. God didn't lose. Jacob just won. He prayed through. Wow. To break the works of darkness. To bring in the kingdom of God. Oh, Grove, I'm inviting you today to pray. Christian, come on back. We got 10 minutes. They can pray. Pray continually, not, not recurrently. We don't pray recurrently to waddle in our misery. Here I am again, Lord. Here I am again, Lord. I know you're not going to answer me, but here I am again, Lord. Poor, poor, pitiful me. I mean, no, that's not the saints of God. We pray with fervency, faith, with passion, expectancy, so that we can call that which is not as though it is. Not here yet, but it's coming. Y'all getting this? Pray. Pray continually. God always answers prayer. Because you know why? We got a man on the inside. Would you stand with me? I'm done preaching. I preach my little heart out. I preach with passion. I preach with passion. I pre- If I'm sick, I'll still preach it because I believe it. Walking around half. Walking half dead, I'll still preach the truth because I believe this with all my heart. You take me to the jail cell and lock me up, I'll still preach it. Come on, you take me to the hospital and lock me down, I'll still preach it. You can shut down the church and make me go online, I'll still preach it. Amen. Tell you where the church is going in the future. Not a prophecy, just a pragmatic thought. The church of the future is going underground. It's already happened around the world. Unless the church says, oh, well, it's illegal to have church. I mean, China didn't care if it was illegal to have church. I mean, the church is born underground. And they're still having church. They have to go through. If you've never been to the third world, you don't know the sacrifices they make to have church that we have every day. They have to go through blockades just to get to church. Checkpoints every 15 minutes to have church. Checkpoints. Let me see you. Let me see your passport. See, are you a believer in Jesus? I mean, if he's in here, can no one take him away? Nobody can take him away. And I don't mind intercessory prayer. I love praying for you folks. But if we don't teach you how to pray, one of these days you're going to be standing by your own self. You're going to have to call on God all by yourself. But I've got good news for you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, call and I will answer, says the Lord. And we'll do great and mighty things.